welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 108 for Saturday the 7th of July 2018 and I'm doing something a little bit different with this diary today. Uh, First of all I think it's the longest one I've ever done so apologies for that. The reason for that is I've got some big news for you about BookBub and also today is the day I need to do my quarter three target projections to let you know what I'm going to be doing over the next three months. So it is quite a long one but also I'm recording it in two parts. So confusingly this part is being recorded on Friday and the second part, the long bit, was recorded on Thursday. Now, the reason for that is I'm going out tonight. I'm jumping on a train to Glasgow to go and see Queen in concert. Now, it's part of a big festival. I'm not really interested in anything else that's on there. But Queen are on from something like, I think it's about 9 till 11, something like that. So I'm heading up on the train. That's virtually in my neighbourhood. Glasgow's only an hour away on the train. And I'm staying overnight. So I'm going to go and watch uh, Queen sort of late into the evening. So I'm really looking forward to that. The weather looks like it's fab. It is going to hold. So I just needed to um, rearrange things a little bit this week so that I could get everything done and make sure it was out in time before I depart. So five minutes ago, I completed my second batch of writing for So Many Lies. So I wrote on Thursday and on Thursday I wrote 5,073 words. Then today, and I've literally just finished this, I wrote oh, almost the same number of words, actually, I've just noticed. It was 5,071 words. Now, you could always tell when I just scrape in over the 5,000 that I was struggling a bit. And uh, yesterday, I don't felt like I was struggling, actually, but today I was struggling a bit. I was distracted. I wanted to play and do more interesting, I say more interesting things. Writing is interesting. I enjoy the writing. But I wanted to go off and have a play. I had other things on my mind, other things I wanted to deal with and look at. But I had to park those things and get on with the writing. So, um, officially, by my kind of targets, I'm up to 80,000 words now of this book. But in reality, because I always overwrite, the real word count is 84,274 words. So uh, I'm thinking now, because I've just done two days in a row, because I'm kind of coming into the, the climax of the finish now, it's quite a bit, it's a bit frustrating when you get into that, to sort of stop and, and not write it all the way through. Uh, I, I've just rearranged my diary for next week because next weekend was clear and unallocated. And I just thought, well, do you know what, I think I'm going to write two days in a row. Now, the reason I hadn't allocated next Saturday as a writing day is because it's not one of my wife's working days. But I think probably what I'll do next Saturday, and this is subject to change, but I may, I think, write next Friday, which is a normal free day, my wife's at work, and next Saturday. And I'll probably just get up at six o'clock in the morning or something and be done by the time the rest of the family are kind of all up and active. Um, so usually what I do on those days is I write something like six till seven, seven till eight, nip in, get my wife a cup of tea, have a quick yak, and then I just know I've got one hour to, to finish off the writing. So I usually do it after breakfast. We'll be had a yak and a chat and everything and a cup of tea, sit down from 10 to 11, then it's done by midday. So that that if I do write on a day when everybody's at home and, and my wife's not at work, that's how I tend to do it. I'm doing a corporate training next week on Thursday, so I can't use Thursday. Um, and I did actually have Friday the 20th, which is the last day of the school term. That's the day I had penciled in to do it. So if I don't get it done next weekend, I do have that buffer day on Friday the 20th so it will get done 
by the deadline date. And as I say, I'm pretty well, pretty well there now. I set it up today, so I've got two chapters left. I set it up today so that we kind of come into the big climax and the, the big mess and everything has to unfurl at that point so uh, i just got to write that bit out and i think actually it'd be a bit frustrating if i had to wait wait a week between chapters to write that so that's what the plan is uh, so far uh, whether it will come to that in actual fact you know in real life we'll find out i'll let you know in next week's diary but that initially is the plan okay that was the tiny little bit of insert that i wanted to do just to catch up with today's writing now let's do some time travel and through the magic of audio, travel back to Thursday, yesterday, when I recorded this bit. So, the big news this week is that I landed my second BookBub deal. This is in the psychological thrillers section. Now, let me just wind back the clock a little bit. If you remember, I got my first BookBub deal in October of 2017. So I think it was the 30th of October. That deal was very uh, good for me. It brought in a lot of income. So it was something like a thousand, it was, I can't remember the numbers now. If you go and look at the old diaries, you'll see it. But it was about a thousand, I think it was, in, in October. Then it went to 4,000 and something in the November. And then I think something like December, January, maybe February even were, were over a thousand. And then it started to drop now, but it still has boosted my income from what the baseline was uh, constantly, even though it's dropped now. So, I tried, uh, you have to wait, when you do a BookBub promo, you have to wait six months. So I was straight in there on my six-month anniversary of when I had the first BookBub promo. And I submitted the book exactly as I had done the first time around. So it had my old dodgy covers on that I'd done with my Paul's Graphic Design Company sort of graphics on it. And it was still in KU Unlimited, uh, KDP Select. And I submitted that and it got knocked straight back. But I knew that I had the covers coming from Stuart Bache. And so I thought, right, well, we'll try them with the old covers because I was impatient and, I, and, and the covers hadn't come from Stuart. They knocked me back. This time I put the application, I think it was on Monday. Yeah, this Monday I submitted to BookBub and I submitted it with, uh, so that was a month after I last submitted. So I've been right bang on the dot. As soon as I could submit, I have done. So the difference this time is that I submitted with the brand new covers from Stuart Beige, and also I've placed all of my thrillers now wide. Now, what I mean by going wide is I've listed in Draft the Digital, and I've listed in Coburn. I'll talk to you about that a little bit later. But um, basically, my books will be available not only on Amazon, they'll be available on iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Google. I'm old enough and lucky enough to have a Google account, a Google Play account. And what have I missed? iTunes... And Kobo, yeah. So those those are the, the five outlets that BookBub is looking for a promo for. So I've gone wide this time. Now, um, there are lots of ifs and buts and maybes with that. But I think that the reason, if you want to know how did you get a BookBub so soon, if you think about it, I think with Don't Tell Meng, I think I got that BookBub at the first time of trying. I think that's right. Um, I can't remember now, but I think that's right. And... That's really lucky. I mean, I didn't expect that at all. And, and the covers were dodgy. And if you listen to any interviews and guidance about how to get a book bub, they'll tell you that you need to be wide, not on KDP Select. So I broke all the rules on that one. And they still gave me a listing. So it must have been a quiet week or something like that. But I think I must have got lucky. Now, I, I'd heard that the kind of the distinguishing feature of a successful book bub deal, and there will always be someone to disprove this, 
I'm aware of that. But I, I heard that if you put something in the comments, a little bit chatty or something personal in there, that that sometimes helps. So when I did, when I got the first book, Bob, I did put a comment in there. I can't remember what it was. I maybe talked about uh, free books or something like that. I can't remember what I put in there, but I put a personal comment in the first time. And this time round, my comment was, I've made these books live. They have brand new covers. Um, we, we got rid of 45,000 free copies when we promoted it. Uh, with the old covers and when we were in KDP Select, I'd really like to give it a try, uh, you know, going wide at all the portals now. So that was the only comment that I put on. That Just a little, I don't know, an, an up-to-date comment, really, just saying what I'd changed. Um, it does have uh, good reviews on it. Um, it's got about I think, 80 reviews in the USA. Um, but when I when I first admitted, admitted it, it didn't have very many reviews at all, Just just the normal kind of reviews that we all struggle to get so there are all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't have selected it that first time but actually this second time round there are there are hopefully fewer reasons why they would not select it so the, you know, the covers are whether you like them or not the covers are professional covers not the dodgy ones that i had done and it is wide now so um, i'm very happy with that the promotion is at the end of the month so i think is it the 30th of when is it i've got it on my calendar somewhere oh it's on the 30th of july so I've got four weeks to prepare for that, and I'm going to be talking to you about how I do that in a moment or two. But again, if you've listened to the last couple of podcast diaries, you'll know that I, I had some large expenditure on a podcast training product, which I was a bit cross with myself for purchasing. And the the book bub last time was responsible for, well, at least £7,000 worth of income, not dollars, pounds worth. So £7,000 worth of income over about three months. So that's a really good kind of cash introduction into the business. Because again, I, I told you, number one, I, I thought I'd got two ways of paying for this course, which didn't come off. One of them was was the book bubble listing. Um, and so I've got that now, which is great. And I said to you that I had to pay more for the Stuart Beige covers than I had anticipated because I forgot about the VAT, adding the VAT to it. So I'd had some high expenditure. Now, what this gives me from a business point of view, I mean, clearly, <laughs> we mustn't forget that the, that it's going to be exposed to uh, you know many thousands of people through BookBub's list. That's fantastic. Um, but surely just from a business point of view, what this is, unless this is a disaster, um, if it brings in even half the income, uh, that it brought in last time. So you always have to be conservative about these things. If it brought in half the income, then it, it's going to pay for the course. It's going to uh, pay for the extra on the covers and it's going to pay to get so many lies properly edited. So what it does is it allows me to move things on uh, in my bootstrapped business. So, you know, that that's good news. Now let's talk a little bit more about this. So at the weekend, I listed wide um, and I've been doing pretty well on KDP Select and I've done particularly well with the reads and it's the reads that makes me nervous about this. So when you're in KDP Select, um, it, it's in theory, it's possible to be a millionaire. This is only theory. It's, it's very unlikely in practice. But in theory, you could never sell a book. You could just lend the book and you could be a millionaire without ever selling a book. That's theoretical. It's, I, I'd love to know if anybody's done it, but it, it's just theoretical. So uh, you get paid for page reads. And when I did the first launch, it astonished me how much of the income generated from that launch was from page reads. So when I'm cautious in, in my predictions about how good or bad this next book bub might be, I'm bearing in mind that I now can't get page reads, and that makes me nervous. I will admit that I'm nervous about that. 
Now, the other thing I did at the weekend, I, I've listed them all wide now. So I said I'm old enough to have a, a Google Play account. When you list on Google Play, I don't think I've said this for a long time, Google is like the crazy discounting site. So if you if you put your book for one ninety nine and think it's going to stay like that, you can forget that. Google just like crazily discounts without asking you. So the, the tip I got some time ago, that in actual fact I noticed they've discounted my books already, is list them high. So I think I've listed on Google Play at four ninety nine, and they've already discounted them down without asking me or giving me any control over it. So so that's a tip I can give you about Google Play if you ever get to list on that. List it higher than you would and expect them to discount. So list it kind of you know I don't know. A third to to fifty percent, third to a half. That's what I'm trying to say. A third to a half higher than you might do to allow for Google's crazy discounting, and then you'll get the money that you wanted for it. I also listed on Draft to Digital, and um, it's a while actually. It's, it's felt nice to get some income off Draft to Digital this week, so I, I've started to make uh, sales already on Draft to Digital, and I, I did sell on Draft to Digital beforehand. So before I got into thrillers, I used to be wide. Um, I had all my sci-fi. So by all my sci-fi's, I mean the Secret Bunker Trilogy and The Grid used to be on Draft the Digital, and I was listed on all portals there. I, I, I wasn't in KDP Select. I might have gone in occasionally, but I, I wasn't generally in KDP Select. So I, I have actually sold, I think it's about a thousand and something books on Draft the Digital. You know, nothing that sets the world on fire, but um, I've recorded a thousand and something sales on Draft the Digital. So, you know, in a small way, I was um, I, I was shifted to books on Draft the Digital. And I can't remember some of those, I, I mean, I say they're sales, but they might be, they might have been free. But on my, on my console here, I've just logged in as I'm talking. In Draft the Digital total books sold overall on Draft the Digital is one thousand three hundred and sixty-three. I can't remember the details of that. So I have had things running through Draft the Digital in the past, but I haven't been on it for a while. But it's very nice. They give you this little console. Total royalties accrued. It's good to see royalties coming in again on my draft to digital console. Now, the big difference here, and again, you know, I, I, say, I refer to these things, hopefully I'm, I'm reasonably consistent with some of these things. I've said to you that I wanted to list native on Kobo. By native on Kobo, you can list on Kobo via draft to digital. Draft to digital is what's known as a syndication service. It syndicates it to iTunes and Barnes and Noble and Kobo. But what I've always wanted on Kobo is I've always wanted to have this console that you get when you make sales. It's like it's like what I get for the podcast. I can see what countries people download the podcast in. And on Kobo, you get this console, this map that shows you where you, people are buying your books. And I think that's, I know it's a simple thing. Um, but it's it's a great it's amazing it's lovely when you see all the countries that you sell in or where you have downloads for your podcast I love it so I've always wanted to list native on Kobo but I've always had uh, formatting problems I, I have um, put my files into Kobo I've not been able to edit them and sort them out so I'm happy with them so I've always given up and then I've ended up going through draft the digital so me and Kobo don't have a, a good relationship in, in the past now what's changed so you know lots of things have changed since I was last doing this the big change is that I now use vellum to format my books. And, and as you know, I love, 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 love Vellum. If you're not using Vellum, you need to start using Vellum, um, unless you're anything other than a traditionally published author when somebody else does this stuff. Vellum is a thing of great beauty. I tell you this all the time, and I really can't recommend it enough. And what's changed here is Vellum. When I now produce my books in Vellum, it gives me a bespoke Kobo file, which when I upload it to Kobo, surprise, surprise, it's absolutely perfect in Kobo. It's all formatted beautifully. It looks fantastic, and it saves me all that heartache and pain that I used to go through trying to get my books right in Kobo. They're just right first time. They look great first time. Um, so Vellum is what's changed there. I used to have to kind of hand code it and try and do it myself. Vellum's completely changed the game for me. So I uploaded the books. I've got seven in there, all my thrillers. 
Uh, they've got more than seven because I've put my um, uh, box set and my two two pack in there as well. So uh, what is that? Is that nine in Kobo? I, I, I lose count. I think it's nine. Uh, let's have a look. Hang on. Let's have a quick look. I think it's nine. I've probably got the arithmetic wrong. It's probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, it's eight. It works out at eight. Oh, I know. Sorry, I know it's not nine. It's not nine because Who to Trust, which is my latest release, that's selling KDP Select. So I can't list that wide yet. It can't, can't go on Kobo yet. But when it's out of KDP Select, I'll pop it on Kobo. So um, it feels really nice to have eight books on sale on Kobo. feels really great. And so um, I know that Rachel Ampler, who's been on this podcast three times, Rachel is the queen of Kobo. In the, I haven't really heard anybody. I think maybe Joanna Penn mentions it a little bit. But, but what I've heard Rachel saying is real kind of practical down in the trenches stuff. And Rachel seems to have a really good experience with Kobo. So I dug out her podcast episode with Kobo, Kobo Writing Life. I can't remember what the podcast is called, something like that. And, and listen to that. And I, and, it, and I recalled that when I was interviewing Rachel last time, I know she's doing really well, or, or she really rates um, Kobo in terms of their promotions. They do some great promotions on Kobo, uh, but also they have a, a package which is a bit like Kindle Unlimited. And I'm just, I'm just busking here because I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. You know what I'm like with all these details? I can never remember them. Let me just dive into one of the books and tell you what the, what the, what the, um, what it's called. It's called Kobo Plus. That's right. So Kobo Plus is, is Kobo's monthly subscription program. And then when you subscribe to this, they get people get unlimited access to all the thousands of titles. And then I would get paid whenever my book is read. So it's like KDP Select in that respect. So or the other thing is they have Overdrive, which puts your book into libraries. So I've just like gone all in on this. Now, I, re- I remember I did have a book on Kobo a little while ago. I tried it a couple of months ago and I got caught with Kobo Plus. I put it in Kobo Plus, usual thing with me. I just click everything that has a tick on it and I don't really read the details. And um, But they did let me out of Kobo Plus, uh, but it has a tie-in period for three months. But I'm happy to put it in for three months because um, I'm not going to get another book bub. Now I've got this book bub. I'm not going to get another book bub. Um, the Don't Tell Meg, for another six months. I'm not putting standalone books in BookBub because I think think I'll shift a lot of books, but I don't think I'll make any money from it. I don't think I'll get any read-through. So I'm not prepared to put a standalone book in BookBub. I don't think that will work. It's got to be a series. The reason I made money last time was because I had a series. I had lots of read-throughs and lots of options. It's the only reason I made money last time. The read-throughs to my standalones from the BookBub was very poor. The read-throughs were in the series. That's where I got the money from. So, um, again, I've passed on everything that I've, I've kind of learned from my personal experience. You may agree or disagree, but that, that's kind of how I see it from last time round. So um, my books are in Overdrive now. That means they're available for libraries. Um, what else have I done? I've put them in Kobo Plus. The other thing I love about Kobo, by the way, and I, this has kind of really reinvigorated my initial love for Kobo is that they also have promotions now. So I, I do love businesses that evolve and they, they just try new things. But promotions are completely different with Kobo. I really, really like this idea. I've got to see whether it gives me any benefit yet, but I really like the basic idea. And with Kobo, they've got all these promotions on the page. So they've got a romance list. They've got sci-fi, fantasy and horror. Uh, they've got fiction, non-fiction. Editors pick for romance. They have something called a, a double daily deal. Um, daily deal on homepage placement. They've got all these promos that you can do. And I really love the charging basis. So 
sometimes uh, on some of the promos, if you list and you get accepted, you, you have to follow the rules in terms of promotion prices. Um, but for some of them, I think they just take a 10% cut of the sales. So they just lift 10% off sales you've made. So that's great because you're not like with a book bub, you're paying whatever it is, £300. And if you actually didn't make any money on that, it's hard luck. You've wasted £300. You've got your books into a lot of hands, but, but you've lost £300. And, and you have to hope that that converts into money somehow. I really like this option where basically Kobo take commission on sales that are made. So if they make no sales for you, well, nobody makes anything. But more importantly, as a new writer, you don't lose anything. That's quite important to a lot of people. So I love that. But also they have, um, they have, you can be charged for some of their promotions as well. But the charging prices are really low. So if you wanted to be on the romance list, for instance, um, for a, is it almost a week's promo, it would cost you six pounds. Same with sci-fi, fantasy and horror. If you wanted to be on the fiction, non-fiction list, three quid. If you want to be on the big one, so this is the biggest one they've got. I think this is the most expensive. Oh, no, this is nearly the most expensive. They've got one. The editor's pick is 30 quid, and it's 50 quid. That's the most expensive one they do to be on the daily deal. So this is homepage placement on Kobo for 50 quid. Now, I don't know whether that converts or not, but 50 quid. They can't get a lot in promotion terms for 50 quid. I'd certainly have a go at it for 50 quid. And if it was useless, then I obviously wouldn't do it again. But 50 quid is not lose the house or lose the shirt off your back kind of money. It's the sort of money you can, you can have a punt with. So I'm really predisposed to like this. Now, I might change my mind when I've been with Kobo for a little time. I might get up at you about something. But I'm actually listed. I've gone crazy. I've, got, I've listed at the moment. <laughs> I've got five pending promos. I don't really know how these work. So I assume at some point they'll, they'll sift all the entries and they'll tell you whether you're in or you're out. Um, you know, presumably they'll get rid of all the covers that look horrible. And they'll go for the books that look lovely or, or the books that they think will sell. So I'm currently listed for a beach read sale, a double daily deal. That's really hard to say. A double daily deal sale. Uh, I've got uh, beach reads. I've got the box set of Don't Tell Meg. The double daily deal. I've got Dead of Night in there. I've got the free page, Mysteries and Thrillers list, which is one fatal error. I've got um, Burden of Guilt in for a double daily deal. And I've got Don't Tell Megan for uh, the free page, the editor's pick for mysteries. So I'm, I'm all in on this. I'm, I've listed everything left, right and centre. So they might um, put a restraining order on me as a result of, of my uh, sort of enthusiasm for getting involved with Kobo. Uh, but that was fabulous. Just I want to remember, by the way, you have to ask Kobo to add the promotions tab to your to your portal. So I got this from the Rachel Amphlett interview, and I have put the link on this week's resources page. It's well worth a listen. Um, but I'm sure I got this from that interview, that, that you don't get promotions automatically with Kobo. You have to just drop a line to their support desk, and they add the tab for you. And mine was there within 24 hours. So it's all happened very quick. It's all happened since I recorded the last diary, so you can see how much I've got done since we last spoke. Um, the other thing about draft the digital. Now, what I'm just trying to remember what happens here. There's something else that you could list to list on on draft the digital and just got to remember where it goes uh, i clicked everything on here oh a biblioteca biblioteca and i can't remember what biblioteca is but i'm listed on it <laughs> who, who cares really so at the moment on draft the digital i'm on ibooks barnes and noble biblioteca there's something special about biblioteca which i could remember what it was and tolino um so i i am truly wide now with my thrillers now the thrillers are what I'm finding sells easiest at the moment. And that's why I'm going kind of all in on the thrillers. Um, my my sci-fi sells, but I'm making money on the thrillers. And that's why I'm kind of pushing those really, really hard. 
Now, uh, going back to the book bub, um, I have had to pay £330.07 for the promo. So it was 400 something dollars, but it converted to £330.07. So in terms of my aims for this book bub, uh, as it was last time, aim number one is, do I cover my expenses? Do I make back my £330.07? So do I break even? That's the first business aim for me. And then after that, if I can make half of what I made last time, so whatever it was, six, seven thousand, if I made three and a half thousand pounds um, from this book bub, then I would be very, very happy with that. That would be a result for me because that would get all the editing done on so many lies. It just kind of puts me back where I wanted to be after my little setback of spending a little too much and, 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 and careless budgeting on my part. Uh, and it would be nice. It'd be really nice to know that I could uh, accelerate so many lies through the editing process and get it out uh, well before Christmas. So I think I, I, I wouldn't. I won't commit with so many lies until I know what I have or haven't made with this promo. So I probably won't commit with so many lies to an edit until the end of August, when I when I know what my income is for August, or at the point at which I say, oh, oh that's good. It's going to be a good month. Um, when I can see that in my analytics for Amazon, that's at the point that I, I might then say, can I get an edit on this? And then I'll set a pre-sale uh, date on it. So um, it just feels um, very invigorating, very exciting after kind of being stuck, which is where I was a couple of weeks ago. You know, no no money because i got to pay this um, ill-conceived expenditure. It wasn't ill-conceived expenditure, actually. It was not at all ill-conceived. It was actually, uh, when I did the podcast course, it was really, really, it was really, really good. But it was expenditure probably that I shouldn't have made at that time. That's that's really what I'm saying and, and probably couldn't really afford at that time. It was just the way the planets aligned. I ended up shorter rather than more in credit. Um, but anyhow, hopefully that this book bub will get rid of that minor little difficulty, that sort of cash flow difficulty. And I'll be particularly delighted if it doesn't stall so many lies, because um, that so many lies will get edited by me over summer. It's not even going to be ready till September for an editor to get it. So by September, if the book bub works half as well as it did last time, I'll have the money coming from Amazon to pay an editor. So I'll commission an editor from from September when we're all back after the summer holidays. And then I might get the thing out by the end of October, which would be fabulous. So it was a little bit disappointed to be up to 75, 80,000 words now, 80,000 words of so many lies. And to think, well, that's just going to have to sit in a drawer for a long time until I can afford to get a proper edit on it. It does feel, it feels really good to know that that isn't going to be hanging around forever. Now, and as I say, the delay... It's going to be me doing my edit on it because it's a 90,000 worder. And as you know, I'm slacking a bit over summer. So the delay will be me doing my first edit on that and me getting it ready to even go to an editor, first of all. So, um, no, it, you know, it feels good. Um, and it just shows you the the kind of ups and downs of this blooming career, doesn't it? That, you know, one minute you're down and you, th- you think you're out and then the next minute something comes along like this. And, and, and let me just sort of say that I know that is really, that is an exceptional experience with BookBub. That is not a typical experience. I mean, there are there are authors like Craig Martell from 20 Books to 50K. He had to try, I mean, he's shifting loads of books. He's got loads of evidence and loads of um, reviews on his books, way more than I've got. Yeah, I think it took him 69 times to get even a bite from BookBub. So I, I know that my uh, my luck with, with BookBub um, you know, I don't know where that's come from. I know I'm very, very lucky. And if you've never had a book book before, this is the first you've heard of them. That is not a typical experience. Absolutely not a typical experience. And to give that some context, I mean, I've probably tried the sci-fis maybe five times, maybe five times and been knocked back. 
never got a sci-fi in yet. Not quite sure why. Um, they ought to put the grid in, to be fair. There ought not to be a reason why the grid wouldn't go in, because the grid in the US, I think it's got something like... I, I, I'd apologise if I get this wrong. You know, if you go and have a look at the grid, you say, oh, no, Paul, it's a 4.4 a average, not a 4.7. I think I thought it was a 4.7. I might be imagining that average, but it's a 4-point-something average. I don't know. It's around there. Um, but it, it's a good average, is what I'm saying. You know, it's not down in the threes, it's in the fours. And when you look at the stars, it looks more closer to five than it does to four. That's what I mean by that. So please don't quote me on the precise details. I've, I've just sort of given you generalities from memory here. But, the, you know, the, so the grid um, shouldn't be a problem. Um, and people generally seem to like the cover. And it's the grid is, number one, is just one of those books that I'm very happy with. It's a straight-through read. There's no issues with it. It's just, you know, action, get on with it. Um, nobody seems to have any problems with it and, and so it would make a great book bub I'd love to get it on a book bub but um, I'm struggling with that one it's interesting I'm, I'm really sort of struggling with that I say struggling <laughs> first world problems Paul let's put that into some context that's nonsense to say I'm struggling with it I'm not struggling with it let me just have a look in the portal I think I've probably tried I'm going to go to my, my book bub partner dashboard and I'm just going to have a quick look at how many times I've submitted my sci-fi books I'm probably going to be completely embarrassed by this because it's not very many times if i go to my deals console so what have i got one so the the grid one two three four so the grid's been knocked back four times one two three and the secret bunker's been knocked back three times you compare that to craig's 60 68 69 times that he was knocked back I've really got a first world problem with that. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times I've been knocked back. I haven't really tried hard enough, have I? So I'm gonna, I will keep going with the grid and I will keep going with the secret bunker. And actually, I, I probably need to dig a little bit deeper in there because I bet they weren't wide when I submitted them. And, and, and I'm telling you what the solution is now. I probably need to make them wide and give them another try. So I think the grid is currently in KDP Select. It's out. When is it out? I've got it in my diary. It's out on the 18th of July. So when the grid comes out of... KDP Select, I think I'll go all in for a book bub. I'll pull out all the stops and do what I can to get a book bub of the Grid trilogy, I think. Because that one ought to sell pretty well. It ought to do what Don't Tell Meg does. Um, you know, the, the reviews are fine. Uh, no sort of main issues, no key issues with the book. People seem to, it just seems to be a straight sort of read through with it. So I think I, I would hope it would work with, uh, like Don't Tell Meg has for me. Um, I don't, I wouldn't expect the numbers to be as high. I think sci-fi is generally a bit lower as far as book bubs are concerned. So, but, but if it made a thousand, two thousand, that's a result. That's fantastic. If I could make that on the grid or the secret bunker with a book bub promo. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. It's all uh, sort of very exciting. Um, it, it just feels lovely. It, it feels like in this hot weather, if you're in the UK, in this hot weather, when you're in a stuffy room, it feels like it does when you open the window and the fresh air comes in. It feels invigorating because it means, whereas I was stuck and just thinking, oh, right, that's fine. Any money I earn is going to have to pay down that course. It's going to have to pay off the extra on the covers. It's not going to go to anything um, that's growth-oriented. It, it, now I'm gonna, I know i got some income coming in. I don't know what it's going to be. It might not even be that high. I might not even cover my costs. You always have to allow for that. But based on previous data, it's going to bring some cash in. And that's going to get things flowing again. That feels really, uh, feels nice. It feels invigorating. So I'm very happy with that, as you can probably tell. Now, I am going to squeeze the life out of this promotion. You only get one book bub every six months. Though, if you've obviously got different genres and different books, you can get them more regularly. But don't tell Meg it's going to, it's, that's going to be it for another six months. I won't get another one till Christmas or, or thereabouts. 
So I have to make the most of this book bub. And I have to base that on best practice, what other people say and do. I have to base it on my experience as well. And so this is my initial plan. And I would welcome if you've ever had a book bub, if you've had success with the book bub, if you found a little trick that works for you, I can't promise I'm going to use it because I, I just have to take on kind of all the advice, just make a best judgment on it. But if you've got any little tips to pass on, I'd really appreciate them sooner rather than later because this has got to be listed or this is going out at the end of the month. So let me tell you what I'm going to do in terms of preparation. What I did last time is I had in Vellum. Vellum creates lovely links at the front of the back of books that you can click on and they automatically geolocate you to your local Amazon store. I think it only does it in Amazon. I don't think, uh, actually, I've never tried it, you know. I wonder if it tries it in Kobo. I, wonder if it, I bet it does the same thing. Vellum's that clever. I bet it takes you to the Kobo store and things like that. I'll have to try that. I'll, I'll look at that and let you know if I, I find out. But now, um, I've only ever done it with Kindles, that's all. But now I've actually uploaded Vellum's Kobo files. I'm just thinking to myself, do you know what? I bet that links to the Kobo store. Vellum's that clever. I bet they've sorted that out. Because what would be the point of, of creating a special version for, for Kobo if it went to the Amazon store? Mm-hmm. This might be another reason to use Vellum. I'll, I'll need to check that because I haven't specifically done that yet, but I bet they do. Anyhow, um, so Vellum lets you put those promos at the front and back of every book. And, and I, I kind of attribute that and the sort of strong branding on Amazon to the fact that I got so many read-throughs last time that we got those kind of series links. Uh, but also I attribute that to the fact that I keep my BookBub author profile up to date. Now, I on my author profile, I don't have an awful lot of followers on BookBub. I think it's 100 and something that I got as a result of doing that promo. Um, but presumably, BookBub's own infrastructure helps with that to, to let people see that you've got other books there. So I, I make sure that my BookBub uh, author profile for thrillers is up to date. It's got all the books on and it looks as fab as it possibly can. So uh, you'll know that I've also done a load of GDPR stuff. So I need to get, before I do this promo, I've got to get my thriller emails sorted out. Um, and I need to put a call to action in those books, a very strong call to action to get my, to, to sign up to my email list. So I didn't do that very well last time. Didn't really notice an uptick. So I really, uh, that's because I, frankly, I haven't done very well online with my websites. I've got holding websites for thrillers. I've got loads of content. I took loads of photos in Blackpool and where, where all the don't tell Meg locations. I've got uh, photos. Um, you know, I've got lots of content, so I'm going to try and get some basic thriller content out just to make my website look a little bit better uh, for thrillers before I launch. I'm also going to get my thriller emails and my automated sequences sorted out as well, and I'm going to concentrate on very, having a very strong call to action. The other thing I need to have a look at is the benefits of, if you remember last time I did the book bub, and then I followed it up a couple of days after with a free booksy and some other promos, and what that did is it put me in the number one position in, in Amazon Kindle in the United, this is for free, in United States, in, um, where is it, um, you know, all sorts of countries, U UK, um, that little extra push got me to the number one slot, and I was number seven in Japan, or some, something in Brazil, um, and so what I'd quite like to do this time is to see if I can somehow squeeze some sales out of this, and to see if I can get to, if possible, say a bestseller number one position, in a, in a smaller category. So I, I'm going to do some category research and see if I can find a comfortable fit for my my thriller series. So I, I don't know what it might be, but it might be domestic suspense or something like that. So, you know, thrillers is really, and psychological thrillers, it's very unlikely I'm ever going to get to number one in those. 
uh, I, I don't have a chance in hell of, of doing that. But in a smaller in a smaller category, with the kind of might that BookBub gives you, it might be possible to get sort of top ten or even bestseller status in a small category. And that is something I'm going to look at this time. So can I get sell-throughs on books two and three to potentially put me into a bestseller position so I can get that orange tag and then I can then get that legitimate claim? I am in, I am an Amazon bestseller of many times, strictly speaking, and I've had loads, most of my thrillers, I think, or most of my books, when I've promoted them, I've managed to get certainly top ten, but usually number one. But that's free. And and I know inside that isn't really a bestseller, even though it, even though I've got screenshots to say it's a number one bestseller. It's a number one bestseller in three in free. And you know, I know, I also know that if you don't know how to market books, that's really cool. And it's super cool. It's super cool. It is super cool. It was super cool being number seven in the Japanese chart next to Joseph Conrad. Uh, there was a Dan Brown book in there and a Ryder Haggard book. All right. Now I know it was a free book. Um, but how cool is that being in a Japanese chart with all those authors? You know, so I know that's cool, but I also know inside that it doesn't count unless it's a sales. And actually, even if I'm in a small niche, it doesn't really count. For me, it really only counts when I'm top of the thrillers. That's, that's when I get really excited. But I'm also aware of the marketing value of this. So I know that from a marketing point of view, I can say I am a number one bestseller because I got a screenshot to show it for most of my thrillers. But deep inside, I know it was free and it doesn't really count. And it's the same as a small niche. If I can get to number one in a small niche and get that coveted orange label that says bestseller, deep inside, I know that's not that big a deal because really all I'm doing is gaming the system and going for niches where there's not a lot of competition. And um, even though, of course, it's an achievement to have a best, of course, it's an achievement. But so, you know, so the holy grail for me is I want to be number one in thrillers. I want to be number one in psychological thrillers. That's my big, big goal. But I'll settle for the other stuff on the way up. And they're all little rungs on the ladder. So I am going to look at that too. So I am going to be quite strategic with this stuff. Um, but I'll let you know as the weeks go by what I settle on and how I solve the problems, how I work out how I'm going to do it. I did say this was going to be a long one. And it is going to be a long one because I haven't, I've only just talked about BookBub for goodness sake. I haven't even got to my quarter three goals yet. So I will try and be as brief as I possibly can with this. Um, I did my quarter two goals review last week and we are into july august september that's quarter three of the year and i I, honestly i'm so sad with this i can't wait to get i love ticking things off this is how i motivate myself i love it when everything gets ticked off on the board and i can wipe it clean and start a brand new quarter i actually get excited by that it's sad and that i need to get a few more hobbies but i've now cleaned the board and july to september aims and objectives are there and I've put photographs of the board on the resources page for this week's podcast diary. So if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com, you'll see the photos of the board as I'm chatting along. Now, there are a couple of things there that I always have to blank out because they're personal, um, you know, personal objectives or they give locations of where a parent lives or something like that. So I, I have to get rid of that. Um, but that's, that's the only reason they're blanked out. So... Quarter three goals, July to September. First of all, goal number one is complete so many lies. So um, I'm already halfway through that. So 75,000 words, 80,000 words. I've done that today. So we're up to 80,000 words. I've got two more writing days left to get to 85, then 90K, and so many lies will be finished. That's objective number one. Now, the other thing is you'll know that self-publishing journeys, although the 
podcast diaries continue over summer, you'll know that I'm running interview episodes at one a month until the 1st of October. Uh, I do apologise for that, and I, I don't even really like it. I'd rather be doing the I'd rather be doing the interviews, but I think we, we came to a place in the last couple of weeks where I just really had to force, really had to force the time in to get these jobs done that I haven't done. Uh, I, I must, I must get this work done because things aren't going to improve if I, if I don't. So I don't, I really, it's not a good idea to have breaks in a podcast. I'm, I don't want to have a break in a podcast. I'd rather be doing the interviews. I was in a nice routine, but I have to find the time to do these jobs that I haven't done. So I hope, I hope you'll understand that. Um, but on my board here, I always have to start recording a month early. So when I go back to weekly episodes on the 1st of October, I need to start recording probably last week of August to achieve that. So I will be recording Self-Publishing Journeys episodes uh, or interview episodes 121 to 125 um, at the end of August, September. And they'll start to run in October. So that's on my objectives board. And I've also, I might still change my mind over this one because it doesn't take as much production, but the Crypto Podcast 2, I'm planning to rest over summer, just for the sort of six weeks of summer. And um, we've got, the thing with crypto is if it suddenly starts going up, we'll have to stop the summer break and get back in there and start reporting on it. But again, it just buys me time. I spend so much time, uh, you know, producing, editing, doing all the prep for these podcasts. I just need to buy that time for a little while. And when I can just catch up with the jobs that I haven't done that I've been putting off, when I've when I've done catch up, I know you're never completely caught up, but I, there are some things that I really need to do. You know, I've had Blackpool images for over a year now on my desktop, and I have not got this thriller blog content done yet. I'm selling more thrillers than I am sci-fi. I really need to get this stuff done so I've got a professional kind of presence and some interesting content when people come to my site. And it's not a load of work, but I just need to make the time for it. So the, the Crypto Podcast 2 will probably um, you know, take a summer break, but with that podcast, we're going to start in September. So I'll start after the summer holidays. So I will have episodes 44 to 52 to record, and that will start recording again, as I said, at the beginning of September or thereabouts. Paul's podcast diary is going to continue throughout the, s- the summer, so I'll be recording episodes 108 to 120. That's on the board. My monthly emails are going quite well. As you heard, was it last week or the week before? We're getting over 50% open rates, which is fabulous for emails. So I'm going to continue my monthly, more detailed emails. And, and now we're through GDPR and what I've just said to you about 20 minutes ago about BookBub and get my email automation sorted out. I, I need to get all this ready so I can start after GDPR changes. I haven't really been build, building my email list. I need to get back to that now and start to build up that that email list um, for thrillers and then also for sci-fi. Got a couple of good fun events in this quarter. Uh, we're going to see. Oh, I'm going. Well, I'm going to see Queen tonight. I'm going tonight after I've recorded this. I'm going to go and see Queen tonight in Glasgow. So that's a bit of fun. Uh, Run Rigger, a Scottish band that I followed. When did we last? When did we see them? We were trying to work this out. I think it was 1991. This is way before we had kids, and I was at my wife's parents for Hogmanay, and they're from Scotland. And Run were on the telly. I lo- loved them instantly. And we've been to loads of concerts. I've seen them all over the place. But they're, um, they've been, and I think they've been going for about 45 years. It's incredible, isn't it? And it's their last ever concert in Stirling in the summer. And I got tickets. We're going to go and see them. So um, that's fantastic. Looking forward to Run That's coming up in August. And then I got my mum's 80th in August as well. And I- I've blanked that out on the screen. I don't know why. Uh, anyhow, I'm going to see my mum. Uh, for her 80th then I've got some training sessions so I've really wound down my training uh, corporate training and one of the other things that I'm considering and this is why I want some time over summer just to to get off this kind of relentless treadmill I don't mind being on that treadmill because I really enjoy it 
it feels really weird being off it actually but um this is why i need some thinking time but i have wound down my training now so i've got one uh mailchimp training day next week so next thursday i'm doing a corporate training and then i've got a, a short um blockchain crypto presentation which may get cancelled hopefully it gets cancelled actually but um uh, that's down in lancaster and that's sometime in august is it something like that um that's just a small gig and then what else have i got i've got oh i know i'm, I'm for the i'm going up to scotland to do a presentation in uh, for the historical novel society um about how to use vellum so those are my last kind of paid gigs and then i, I haven't got anything booked after that and one of the things I am considering is, well, I, I already can tell you that I'm going to very much reduce the corporate training that I'm doing. So I'm not training social media anymore. I, I do it. I mean, I'm, I'm running a load of Facebook ads at the moment. I'm doing it for myself, but I don't want to keep on top of it to teach people. That's that's really it. I've done a lot of social media after the past over the past few years, and um, I'm very happy doing it for myself. I will always learn best practice and keep up up with it. But I, I just don't want to teach social media anymore. So I'm reducing what I teach to podcasting, uh, webinars, WordPress. Had some lovely uh, WordPress feedback recently. Uh, email marketing so so basically things that don't change that much really uh, things that don't change that much and that are a lot about principles but Facebook you know it changes every two minutes and I'm fed up keeping up with it I'm fed up from a teaching point of view I'm fed up keeping up with it I don't mind from my own point of view because um, I'm fairly geeky I look at something I can figure it out in a few minutes but to actually know your way around it with the confidence of a teacher when people are saying well how do you do this how do you do that what do I click for that that's really what I'm stopping with the corporate training so um, I, I'm sure I always will do corporate training but it's I'm going to severely reduce it because effectively think about it I'm in the very very lucky really that I, I'm able to work three days a week and then I'm able to have Thursday, Friday off and Saturday and Sunday that I can work on my writing career. Um, and I'm only um, more squeezed on time because I do more corporate training. Now, clearly, that, that money goes through the business um, and then that enables me to put, get edits and, and do book covers. So I'm kind of looking at what, what I'm trying to get to is spending more time on marketing my author business and less time on doing things that take me out of my author business to try and replace some of that income that I get doing those other jobs, the, the corporate stuff, with writing income. That's kind of where I'm going with this. Because, you know, if, if I keep being busy and doing other things and not having the time to do the marketing properly, well, I'm never really going to replace that income. And in many ways, that that's a safety net, isn't it? You know, having these contracts and things that I can sort of turn on and turn off. In many ways, that's that's a safety net for me. So I'm looking at doing less of it trying to earn that money more from, from writing and then forcing myself into having to do more marketing and be proactive with that. Anyhow, I can't even remember. Oh, that was training sessions, wasn't it? That's why I was telling you about that. So uh, item number eight on my uh, planning board is uh, BookBub. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, I should put a tick on that. I've done that. So um, I, I have to wait a month between BookBub applications. So item, I'm going to have to adapt that now. Item number eight on my list was don't tell Meg BookBub promos. Uh, put a promo on the 2nd of July. Well, I did, and I got it. So... Oh, that's good. We've kind of done that now. Um, but what I will do, um, I'll, I'll have to rearrange that, I guess, now since I took that photo. And I'll have to say, well, now I've got Don't Tell Meg. That isn't going in now for another six months after this promo. I'm not going to put my standalone thrillers in there because I won't make any money from that. So I'll, I'll then focus on the grid and the secret bunker. I'll do what I have to do to try and get one of those accepted. I really would like to try one of my sci-fis on there. So... The, the BookBub one will have to change since I took that photograph. I've got a couple of uh, nice trips out. They're, they're kind of personal in nature, 
um, sort of family trips and things like that. So I, I won't mention those. They don't have anything to do with the business. Um, but it, but I, I think I will mention them because it's it's important to have fun stuff. You know, it's important to go and see elderly parents. It's important for me to go out with the kids. I've got the kids this year. Now they're all at home. I said, write me a list of things that we could do over summer together. And then when I, when I can organise my time around that, we'll we'll go off. We, we had a lovely day. Was it Tuesday? I was doing a, a corporate gig in Grassmere. Now, let me tell you, if you've never been to the Lake District, the lakes look absolutely amazing at this time. It's absolutely beautiful. And actually, although it's reasonably busy, the tourists won't really come in their hordes until summer. So you, it's fine still driving around. So I went to do a little uh, corporate gig. I was working with a lady on a WordPress site for two hours, and I brought my wife and two of my kids. So they had a lovely walk around the lake at Grassmere. And, um, you know, and it was nice and sociable. So I, I build stuff into business like that. But also where I've got little pockets of time, we'll go off and have adventures as a family. It's really nice while the kids are around. So uh, and the other thing is, you know, if you've got teenage kids, you'll know this. They don't get up till midday, which means I can, have, I can get all my writing done by the time the kids are up. So it works really well on a writing day to say, all right, kids, we'll go out at one o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be finished writing by then. Uh, so I'm productive. And we could also have some lovely family time. I'm not sitting there thinking I should be writing. Because I've done the writing. So it works really well doing it like that. Okay, in this quarter, I'm also going to write 25,000 words of my next book. And I think I know what that's going to be, but I'm not committing to it just yet. So I will write 25,000 words of something, but I'm not. There's a couple of things that I, I'm not mentioning yet that are hovering. And I'll tell you them if I land them. So I'm not quite sure what that is yet, but it, I will write before the end of September. I will finish so many lies, and I will write twenty five thousand words of a book. And I've at the moment I know even know what the title is. I know what the plot is, and, and I but I've obscured it there because I'm not I'm not going to commit to it in public yet that book. But um, I'm quite keen. I'm quite desperate to write this book. Would you Would you believe? I will give you a clue. It's a bit literary. Can you believe it? I've got all posh. So it's a, it's a bit literary, this one. It is sci-fi, but it's posh sci-fi. It's like, think think, think um, Handmaid's Tale kind of sci-fi. You know, posh literary fiction kind of sci-fi. I know. Who would have believed it? And then finally, um, item 12 on that list is summer marketing jobs, which is very generic. And the reason it's generic is that I've actually got a second panel for the summer marketing jobs. Now, so item 12 really is addressing... The last couple of podcasts that you've heard from me, which is, you know, I must do more marketing. I must get some things done. I must move the needle on this. So I've, I've got a separate panel where I've itemized what the summer holiday jobs are. And you can see this on the page, the resources page for today's podcast diary. So these are just general jobs that I need to do to build my email list, to make it easier to sell my books, to sell them in different ways, and basically to have a, an author platform that does what it needs to do. So um, I need to get my 10% uh, book funnel promos done. Uh, the, so when you're on KDP Select, you're allowed to give away 10% of your book for free. And BookBub's perfect for that. So I just take 10% of the book. But even if I'm on KDP Select, I could always give away 10% of the book. There's no limitations on that. So I've got to get my book funnels up to date. And I've also got to get with the, with the book funnels, I've got to get the email sequences up to date. So to get a book funnel, you could sign up to my list. But at the moment, my list isn't very good. Well, my email automation isn't very good because it needs a review. So I need to get all that sorted out. And I also want to get my Insta freebies done too. And subject to a check. Well, actually, I know, I know Insta freebie have done this because uh, I mentioned it to you the other week. Insta freebie have found that being GDPR friendly actually works way better 
on their giveaway. So I need to start throwing myself into the freebie giveaways again too. And and I might hold one again. We'll see because they've they've done very well for me for, for list building. But now GDPR's out of the way, I'm going to revisit book funnel and insta freebie to build my list and i'm going to get my mailer light sorted out accordingly i desperately need to get some thriller content on my blog at the moment it's been a holding page for well over a year that's not acceptable i'm selling more thrillers than i am sci-fi if you look at my uh, the grid website and my secret bunker website there's loads of content loads of things to look at on those websites yeah i've only got a holding page for thrillers i've got to sort that out and i've got to create some content and i've got all the content sitting on my hard drive i just need to move my button do it so i must do that for thrillers i must have a better web presence when people start checking me out online so i've got to get my email marketing sorted out that's number uh, four uh, i need to do some things around the podcast the reason for me taking a break around the podcast is i i'm kind of getting ready for phase two i've learned a lot of tricks since i've been doing the podcast i went on that uh, mastermind. I'm part of a podcast mastermind now in, in, in Peterborough, which I go to every every three months, uh, and I'm mixing with other people and, and getting best practice and getting lots of tips. So with the podcast, I need to be driving that more commercially. I need to sort out a Patreon, for instance. So I got a Patreon payment today. Excuse my language, but I've been really half-assed with Patreon. You know, who would be a Patreon supporter? I know I'm not a very good salesman, but, you know, who the heck would be a Patreon supporter for this podcast? Support this podcast on Patreon and you'll get not very much. It's not a very tempting prospect, is it? So I, I need to start giving away some exclusive content on Patreon, but that needs to be sustainable. So I need to think about that. And, and I think that's probably going to be Q&A. It's probably going to be how-tos. I'm going to share my knowledge. Um, I need to put some exclusive access to me in Patreon. So you can help me with that. Um, if you are a Patreon supporter already, or if you've looked at Patreon and you thought, oh, no, thanks very much, Paul. Um, you know, I'd rather watch paint dry. Um, what would make Patreon support a must do for you? What, what would make that? Right. I got to support Paul on Patreon. And remember, Patreon's not very much, you know, maybe $1 to $3, up to $5 a month. What would make Patreon for you, for this podcast, for my podcast? What would make you commit to Patreon to support what I'm doing on the podcast? Because I see, you know, Mark Dawson, I see Joanna Penn, they're getting loads of um, supporters and they're giving exclusive things away. What can I give? You know, bearing in mind, and this is, this is probably me with self-doubt, to be honest with you, because I think, oh, what would somebody want from me? I'm not a million selling author. But you, so you, you tell me, because you, you know better. What, what would you want from me if you got to pick my brain? What can I give you that you couldn't get anywhere else that would encourage you to become a Patreon supporter? That would really help me while I'm thinking about this over summer. So item five on that list is automated webinars. I mean, one of the things I do, and I think I do it quite well, is I teach people, I teach stuff to people. And I'd probably like to do a little bit more of that. I do enjoy that stuff. So I have automated webinars, or I used to have automated webinars, and I just need to check them to make sure they're current. But automated webinars, from a podcast point of view, are a great way of me building my webinar list because people subscribe to see me do something that's author-related, and I get their email on a list, and then it allows me to market to them. So I need to just check my auto-webinars, maybe record a couple, and just make sure that I've got a better ways of people to engage with me with the podcast. Because if you listen to Joanna Penn, you know she's pretty well saying, I, th I get the gist reading between the lines that her podcast has now become her, her number one earner, even over the books. And she's looking at doubling down. And I've got two podcasts, and I need to make those you know, a big earner for me. So I need to have a, look, a closer look at that. I've got a couple of practical things to do with this podcast. So I, you know, I've said this to you before. I know it's a pain not doing the weekly interview episodes. It's a pain for me too. But what it allow, allows me to do, when I come back in October, 
that's the date on which I level up the number of diary episodes or the number of interview episodes I've done. So on the 1st of October, I've done something like 100, I will have done 120 diaries and 120 interview episodes. So the number then is going to become sequential. It's going to become, um, you know, the di- I will just say, welcome to episode number 100, uh, 240, 241, they'll be sequential. They won't be out of sequence like they are at the moment. So um, you don't need to worry about this, but when I list it on iTunes, it will be officially season two of this podcast from October the 1st. You don't need to worry about that at all. It doesn't change anything from your point of view. But it, it's just the way I, I record and I, I number the podcast. So that just helps me going forward. And I, um, if I get time, the old diaries, when I started doing the diary, I used to just add them to the interview page for that week. I'd like to strip those first diaries that I did out and create a separate, um, you know, properly sort of sequenced and dated page for the diary so all the pages so all the diaries have separate pages and these are just generic things and you know when you're on this kind of rolling bus it's very hard to do these little jobs that aren't definitely important but they do help the podcast going forward so what i do know is a lot of you know people are discovering the podcast all the time and if they settle and they like it and they, they get on with me all right they usually go back to the beginning they listen all the way through so i just want to bear in mind you know i just want to make sure that from episode one, I got things right, knowing all the lessons that I know. So for instance, one of the things I do now is that for every author, I put affiliate links on for their books. So if you go and if you go as a reader and you look at um, somebody's uh, resources page for that week, and you click on Amazon, even if you don't go to buy their books, I can get a percentage of 10% on any purchase you make on Amazon over the next 24 hours. And these are all ways that I can uh, basically fund the time that it takes me to put into that podcast. So I just want to be sure that my, with my business head on, I got that podcast right. And so that, that's why we're taking that break. And then I, I need to learn new stuff. I, I, I got to learn new stuff. I've got to get my training up to date. So I've got all of Mark Dawson's courses. Now I did do, you know, I'll tell you that uh, I bought Mark Dawson's course and it was quite expensive when I bought it. And I thought to myself, um, okay, I'll buy Mark's course and I'll make this money back by training it in my corporate training. And I gotta tell you, I've probably made three or four thousand pounds out of training Facebook. It's what a, it's very lucrative for me. Uh, and, and, and it's in demand as well. They want me to do some more and I've said no, I, I don't want to do any more. But it, it's quite a nice little learner for me, uh, that the Facebook training. I've more than made me money back um, from buying Mark's course. And one of the things I love about Mark's course is that you buy it once and they just keep piling on the course. It's really good value. And I don't think, I didn't appreciate that when I bought it first time. I thought oh, it's 500 quid. Essentially, I'm paying, uh, 500 quid for some training. But actually, it's not 500 quid for some training. It's 500 quid for some updated training and many, many other training programs as well. So it's worked out. It's been a pretty good investment there. And not only in the skills it gave me to then go and earn money in my sort of corporate training work that I do. Uh, but also in terms of the knowledge it's given me. Now, I need to go back to Mark's training because I haven't done anything since I worked. I did work through the Facebook when I got it um, bit by bit by bit. I really went through it and worked through it carefully. But I haven't done his Amazon Ads training. I need to do, is it Dave Chesson's got Amazon Ads training as well. I, I got I to do this training. I got to crack these things and do better at them. So I'm doing Mark Dawson's training. I'll do Dave Chesson's training, which I haven't put on there and that I probably need to. And I'm working through all of Chris Fox's books. And now I've... Um, now I've got this book book promo. I'm probably going to have to work through some sections of that a little bit quicker, a little bit sooner than I thought to make sure that I get the best of the book book promo. Wow, this is going to be a long one. I did say it was going to be a long one. Apologies for that. Now let me just skim through my notes here. 
and tell you the things that I haven't told you. Okay, so it's just general news now. Um, I recorded Debbie Young this week. So I've shuffled, I have shuffled the interviews around. Debbie Young, you'll know from the Alliance of Independent Authors, we recorded the interview on Monday. That interview is going to go out on the 6th of August. So um, the, if you want some kind of logic to it, the, the interview episodes are going out on the first Monday of every month until October. So Debbie Young's going to be the 6th of August. Peter Mortimer was going to be earlier, but I've shuffled it down. He's now going to be the 3rd of September. And then the normal weekly service will resume from Monday the 1st of October, and I don't know who that guest will be yet. Um, also today, Sarah Painter, you'll have heard me bigging up her podcast as regularly as I can. Sarah presents The Worried Writer, and I, I always recommend, that, well, actually there's even more podcasts now. There's a, there's a whole cluster of podcasts, and they're all doing something different, but they're brilliant for writers like you and me who are who are not, you know, Hugh Howes, we're not Mark Dawson's, we're not Joanna Penn's. But we're working on it. We're doing what we can to get there. Um, so you've got Claire Sager's podcast. You've got John Cronshaw's podcast. Um, Sarah Painter does The Worried Writer. And you've got, what was the other one? Oh, Tim. Uh, Tim Lewis does the Begin Self-Publishing podcast. We're all kind of in that zone of being writers who are trying to get that breakthrough. We're all deep in the trenches. And you can listen to any of those podcasts and you won't hear repeated information they're all doing something new and unique now i've listened to sarah i don't know how long you've been going sarah it must be for a couple of years now um and i listen to every episode it's in my podcast stack and whenever it arrives it goes to the top and i listen to it straight away and um sarah had been listening to my angsty uh podcast episodes where i was uh quite low with things um a bit dejected about my author career and she was saying that she gets a lot of value from those. So we, we recorded an interview today. So I've had a bit of a busy day today. <laughs> but uh, we recorded today. I'm recording this bit of the podcast interview on Thursday. And then you're hearing the bit at the front on Friday when I've done the writing. So we're a little bit hickledy-pickledy today. But I recorded with Sarah today. And um, I don't know when that will go out. I think Sarah usually drops an episode once every month. But that was great fun. And it was talking more about um, sort of the mindset side of it. I haven't done an interview like that before. So I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, here's something I forgot to tell you last week. You know, I have a policy of not looking at reviews. You know, I've said to you, I don't look at reviews. When I was going through this, right, what can I change? How can I change my behavior to change my results? One of the things that I put on that list was look at your reviews, Paul. So I've been through, I've, I've been through all my thriller reviews now, and I've got to go through my sci-fis, and I've recorded them. I've recorded every review that says something that I can do something about. So where it's it's feedback and guidance, I've put that in a spreadsheet so that I can take note of that. But can I tell you, um, you know I haven't looked at my reviews, and I've got I've got 80 odd on in the United States on Don't Tell Meg, and can't remember, 40, is it 30, 40 something in the UK? So I've got a reasonable number of reviews now. And do you know what? There was nothing, there was nothing in there that worried me in the slightest, or that I, I wasn't aware of already. And in actual fact, some of the reviews were quite, were, were brilliant they were brilliant you know really wow i didn't know i'd get a review like that um and and there are more of those and there are there, there was i think i'm right in saying there was no there were no trolley reviews in there at all there was nothing at all that was trolley there was nothing like you were rubbish uh there was nothing like that at all so pretty well um i'll tell you what is interesting i think there were about two reviews maybe three from people who are quite clearly writers, and you can always spell, you always tell a writer review because it's like they've just got who uh, saved the cow or 
you know, one of the writer books, and they're saying, oh, you mustn't head hop, and all of this sort of stuff. Uh, things, and like, real readers don't even think of that stuff. They just say, oh, good story, lots of deaths. That's what real readers say. But you can always tell an author, because they're, you know, they're, they're like, overanalyze it from, a, from an author's point of view. And, and part of me just, just think, just read the blasted book, you know, enjoy the story. Um, so you can spot, I've got about, I think maybe three, it was no more than three, I don't think, author reviews in there. Where they haven't said they don't didn't enjoy the books, but they've got a bit sort of technical about it, and you think, yeah, yeah, you're an author, you're you're reading all the craft books, but real readers uh, don't say things like that. Real readers say, you know, oh, you know, it kept me on the edge of a seat, or there were bits that made me laugh out loud. You know, I love this book, I couldn't put it down. That's what real readers say, um, and and there were loads of those. You know, enough enough to make me feel quite good about my writing. You know, to think, you know, wow, if, if I was crap. You wouldn't get reviews like that. Um, and and the other thing, and again, I'm sorry about this. Cause I'm summarising from memory. You know how bad my memory is. And th- there must have been there must have been some one stars. But if there were, I don't think there were even one stars. There, there were certainly twos. Maybe there was one or two. I can't remember. But really, there were I was, there were pretty good reviews. I was pretty pleased with them. There was nothing in there that bothered me at all. And when I went through the um, sort of secret bunkery ones. They were what I've told you already. I know that from my, my, my self-critique that the problem with the secret bunker, if people have a problem with it, um, and, and lots of people don't have a problem with it, lots of people loved it, but if they have a problem with it, it's with the the sort of chopping the chopping the scenes and with the um, the change of tense. Now, as, and what most people say is once you get used to how it works, it, it, was, it, it, it is all completely logical. Once you get used to how it works, it's fine. Um, but some people just don't get on with it. So it's not like a deal breaker, but it is a bit of a Marmite thing. But I knew that. I knew that already. Uh, you know, I, I've told myself that because I know it. I wrote the book. So um, so there were no surprises in there. Um, looking at my reviews wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I thought I would be kind of wounded, hurt, down, but I'm not. I'm actually more encouraged by it. So, uh, you know, if you keep doing the same things, you get the same results. I wasn't looking at my reviews. I've got to tell you that reading my reviews made me feel way better that it made me feel it didn't make me feel bad at all um it, it's made me feel really good about my writing there's some, you know brilliant reviews in there and as i say what i take from that is you know i know i know a book is not for everyone um that's fine it's fine if you don't like a book that's fine um but regular readers in, in sufficient numbers like the books i'm writing and that's good enough for me you know that i'm happy with that that's great so uh, look at your reviews is my new advice to you. The podcast episodes I did a couple of weeks ago, they, it's really amazing, actually. You know, I, I know I keep saying it, but I've been doing blogging and all sorts of things for years. There is nothing like a podcast for interacting with your audience. And I don't care what it is that you do. I don't know what it is about podcasts. It's probably because I'm in your ear right at this moment. Zzz, pretend I'm a wasp or something. But I'm in your ear right now. And it's probably that the intimacy of that, that kind of relationship that does it and my view is and I'm the same when I listen to podcasts you either love people or you hate them you either get on with them or you don't with podcasts but I think that where you do get on with somebody you do like them I think you become really loyal you know I know I'm a, I listen to Joanna Penn every week you know I listen to Tim I listen to Claire I listen to John I listen to Sarah all the people I've mentioned I listen to the self-publisher guys I listen to Mark Dawson and you know you like the people you like the voices you get on with them so they become like trusted friends so I've had some. I've just had some amazing emails from from you. Thank you very much in response to those uh, what appear to have been you know quite resonating podcast episodes that I did. And I got one from Dave Berens this week, and Dave just said, 
uh, Dave sort of binges on the podcast from time to time, and he said, he says, um, I'm a writer, and I thought, what, why, what the heck do I need to listen to this guy rambling on about all the same things I go through? Um, which is fair enough, really. You know, I, I'm surprised that people want to listen to it too, but they do, and it's the bit that they like most. And he said, I listened last week, and I was really struck by the episode where you were talking about being upset and down and angry and all of that. And he says, whoa, boy, don't we all go through that. And I think that's probably why it resonates with people. Because, you know, I'm not putting down the authors who've done better than me. It's me that I'm chiding for not doing well enough. And, you know, don't we all go through that? I mean, you're a stronger person than I am if you don't go through that. If you don't look at other people. I don't resent, I never resent other people's success because I know how hard they've worked. If you've written 10 books, I know how hard you've worked to do that because I've written 10 books. I don't know how many hours it took me to do that. All right, so I don't resent your success. But it does reflect back on me about how I'm not having the success that I want. And so, um, you know, Dave was saying that too. And um, he was sort of saying he really uh, commiserated, empathised with that episode. And um, he was explaining his situation. He's had, I think from launch, he had a five-figure launch. And he doesn't know what created that. Uh, You know, it was the planets aligning. He did really well. But he's just had to sit there thinking from a, a, a really strong launch that he could leave his job. And then seeing his numbers go down and down and down and down, where he's just not good to make a full-time income. He can't do it on the income. And I was talking to Sarah when we did the interview today. You know, the problem is, is that, you know, Sarah has an advance and that's great income. I have a book, Bob, that's great income. But I can't give up a reliable job. It's not reliable enough and it's not enough. And that's what I'm working towards. So you might hear me. You know, you'll hear me having that four and a half thousand pound month on BookBub and say, what's he got to worry about? What's he complaining about? Well, the reason I'm, I'm not moaning about it, of course, I'm happy about that. But it's I, I need to be doing that month in, month out. But even need to be doing four and a half thousand month in, month out. But I need to be doing that regularly if I'm going to give up uh, work, if I'm going to be able to do this full time. And I'm not. And so many of us aren't. And we're trying to get there. So um, th- thanks very much, David, for your message. But um, Dave basically said, you know, it's a long message. Thank you for everything you do. Best of luck. Carry on. You know, carry on doing what you're doing. And that really, I think that's it. It's the conclusion I always come to, that actually you just have to be persistent with this stuff. You've just got to get on with it. Um, I was having problems with book reports earlier this week, and uh, other people were too. And I noticed that somebody had put something on one of the sites, and they said, try AK." reports.com so it's akreport.com and i did and book reports working now but akreport.com is really good and it's free so if you want a slightly different interface with slightly different numbers try akreport.com i'm using the both now what i like about ak report is it gives you a monthly projection of what you're going to earn that month so i'm going to be very interested in that well, obviously, when we get to the book bub, but it allows me to project what my book income is going to be, which is fabulous. So akreport.com, just discovered it, really like it. Just a note to say that the podcast survey is is kind of officially closed now, but I closed it last week and didn't mention it. And then, of course, somebody got in touch and said, the podcast uh, survey's closed. So I, I've reopened it, and I, I will leave it open uh, if you haven't had your say on the podcast survey yet. It's at paulteague.com slash summer. Um, but thank you. I've got lots of results for that now. Certainly enough for me to look at and sort of get on with, basically. Um, I just wanted to mention that I'm getting all my books done on Ingram Spark. So I've placed a big order this week. It's going to cost me about 50 quid. But all my books are, are in paperback form now on Ingram Spark. So those are the trilogies, by the way. So it's the Grid Trilogy, the Secret Bunker Trilogy, and the, the Don't Tell Meg Trilogy. 
And I've done that for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is I want to just have a little try in a small and quiet way to get into some local bookshops, particularly with Don't Tell Meg, because that's doing pretty well, Don't Tell Meg. You know, people seem to like that book. feels like a good one to pop in the in the shop. So I thought I might just try that in a small way. Um, I wanted to get The Secret Bunker done because The Secret Bunker, the, the venue, the location asked me if, if they could get them sort of through the normal outlets that booksellers do. And I just wanted to make that available to them. So that's why The Secret Bunker's there. And The Grid, why have I done The Grid? I think The Grid was listed before. And I just thought, well, I just might as well, might as well do them as they're ready. So I've just put the, the grid on Ingram Spark as well. So, um, you know, life won't change, but I just, just a couple of little ongoing things that I've done. Um, finally, this week, oh, it is a long one, isn't it? It's, it's hot and it's long. I do apologise for the length of this one. Uh, I just wanted to mention Tim Lewis on Twitter. Uh, Tim usually is either walking in the woods or on a tube train in London. Uh, last week he was on the way on his way to see his brother he was on the tube at least the tube doesn't look too packed Tim that looks very comfortable it looks like they've got a seat there on the tube I know the tube can be packed sometimes but thank you very much for tweeting where you were when you were listening to the podcast oh and I've just got to mention Edwin Downward if you remember last week I said that Edwin had sent me a picture of where he was listening to the podcast it looked like it was by some kind of uh, river um, something maritime and Edwin has just said the picture that he took was from a parkade a parkade. Presumably that's a place that you park. It's not a word that we use in this country. A parkade. But I like it. It was a parkade in New Westminster, Canada, uh, looking west down the Fraser River. So um, Edwin says, I'll work on geotagging my pics to make them stickier. Well, thank you. I appreciate the pictures that you do send, Edwin. So thank you very much for that. Um, and wherever you are, if you haven't sent me a picture yet, please just take a photo on your phone right now and send it to me at paul at paulteague.com. I'd love to see where you're listening to the podcast. It's always great to see uh, how people are listening. Okay, I said it was going to be a long one. I don't think we've ever done one this long, but uh, so much to tell you this week. Um, I'm off to see Queen now. And I've, I went to see Queen in was it 1983. Might have been earlier than that. Uh, Leeds Ellen Road. And in those days, people didn't really do big concerts like that, not, not in sort of football pitches. So it was really quite different in those days. And I saw them with Paul Watts' face from the band that I can't remember. And they were good, but um, he wasn't the right front man with Freddie gone. And I remember I went to see that in Newcastle thinking, mm, these are great tunes and they need to be played. And I saw uh, Queen with Adam Lambert. I can't remember, was it last New Year's Eve, I think it was, they were playing on the BBC or something. And I remember thinking, ooh, do you know what? They've got that now. He's, he's just, you know, he's, no one will ever replace Freddie, but he's as close as you can get. He can hit all the notes. He could do all the you know, all the stuff that you get with Queen. So I thought, when they're in Glasgow, i got to dip up. It's only up the train. It's only an hour away. So I'm going to go and see Queen. So I shall be, I've got all the CDs, and I'm a big fan. I've been for years. So I'm really looking forward to that. And hopefully this lovely weather that we've been having will stay. And I shall be out in a park in the middle of Glasgow, uh, just enjoying the Queen uh, music late into the night. We don't have a podcast guest next week. So the next episode you're going to get from me is going to be another podcast diary. I should have written another 5,000 words. I might get carried away and just finish writing so many lies next week. But I'm scheduled to write 5,000 words next week. And I'm scheduled to finish it off on the 20th of July. But I might get to the end and get so excited and overcome that I might have to just finish writing it next weekend. I've certainly got a free weekend to do it next weekend if I need to. So I'll let you know where we are with that. But the next scheduled episode 
is going to be Saturday the 14th of July. I hope you have a fabulous week of writing. Thank you for your patience with this long episode, but I hope there's loads in there for you that you could use in your writing career. I'll speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.